and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. Oh, what it is? Oh, what's up? Got your nigga in the... Let me stop. Um, welcome to another episode of It's Giving. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about Insecure, Season 5, Episode 9. It's a lot that we're going to talk about, so get ready for this one. Um, but the episode is titled Out. Okay? Now let's get on to the show. So here we are in the opening scene. Issa and Nathan are in a housing tour looking for a new spot together. The house all swanked out, looking nice, looking spacious, looking modern. Literally a sight for her sore eyes from looking at that damn apartment all the time. Um, the place seems perfect, as uh, Issa said, right between MBW and Crenshaw. Uh, lots of space, little mini, everything. Um, as we're discussing the place, Nathan talks about other guys that she's lived with, and we see Issa quickly say, uh, you know, just, you know, just them all. Um, and, you know, move as soon as they're ready to lock the spot down, the real estate agent said he just sold the spot. He just wanted to make them feel, um, I don't know, better about themselves because <laughs> they look so happy. Um, and, you know, they're like, why didn't you tell us? All that shit. Um, but yeah, we see Issa and Nathan are actually doing the moving, shacking up thing together, which, you know, as y'all know, I don't agree with. I don't approve. Um, Lawrence is, now we, we know for sure, it, at first it was like, mm, is she, you know, she didn't like how things went down. But at this point, Lawrence is in her mind. <laughs> and you can tell after Nathan asked, like, what kind of men would you be living with? And she conveniently glossed over Lawrence, who she lived with for five whole years, more than any other nigga beside her brother. Um, so that's sus. Like, like you can't be, y'all living together and you didn't even kind of mention that. Um, so it, it's like, obviously she thought of Lawrence immediately. That's why she went straight to a mall. I'm like, girl, you haven't lived with a mall probably since before college. So it's like, but you know, Nathan is so slow. Um, I feel like he's clueless and oblivious, and it's working in Issa's favor. She can say whatever she wants, and he'll believe it. And I think she knows that, to be honest. Um, and I think that's kind of, not to jump to conclusions, but I I just feel like she, I don't, I don't think she's taking advantage of that, but I do think she's well aware that Nathan is not a sly dog <laughs> at all. Um, so she's kind of, She's not even clever with the excuses or cover-ups. Like, it's just straight up just lies, but well-said and soft lies. Um, but, yeah, the place looks perfect. Oh, also to mention, Issa talked about how the place was right between MBW and Crenshaw, so we can assume that she chose both, which I think was a great, um, I think that was a great decision that she made. Go with the money, go with the resources, but then go with the people. And you can, like, I like that decision because it shows that you can do both if you will it. 
you know, if you want that, you can do both. You don't have to do either or. You can have the best of both worlds. So I really, really like that. We see she's moving into a nice space. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Because Issa girl, uh, uh, poor Nathan. I, I think at this point, I'm, I, I feel bad for Nathan. Um, but yeah, that's the opening scene. Now on to the next scene. We see Molly, Torian, the other two co-workers. I really don't know their names, but they're cool. I like them. Um, they're all having like a water cooler talk. Um, Torian tells everyone that he made partner. Um, the other two co-workers can tell there's something between Torian and Molly. And honestly, not even can tell they know <laughs> there's something between molly it's a little too obvious that they definitely fucking right yeah like that's something that i'm glad they said that because it is it's too obvious like y'all are y'all acting way too weird um but yeah they're so cute they're in the phase where it's obvious like they're together but they think they, they kind of low with it and i feel like we all go through that phase especially if it's like a workplace romance or like it's at the job or whatever everyone is convening at <laughs> and you and that other person all of a sudden are acting like y'all's dynamic is not the same it's awkward but still cute like it's obvious when you can tell niggas are fucking um but like i said like i really love how happy molly is for him and i just love how you can tell torian just wants to share that partner amounts uh, partner announcement moment with Molly. I feel like he low key wanted her to be alone, but he just said it right then and there. Just you know, why not? Um, but yeah, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for both of them. You could tell how excited Molly is for him. Like, I really, 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 really like both of them. Now, Chad um, is over Lawrence's actually. Or is it Lawrence? Lawrence is over Chad's. I was still kind of confused by that. Let's just say for now, Lawrence is living with Chad and he's trying to find a new, based on context clues, that's how I'm picking up. Um, but anyway, Lawrence is talking, claims, you know, the next move has to be perfect and he doesn't want to settle this time. Um, Chad then brings up Derek and Tiffany's going away party. Uh, Lawrence tells Derek he's not coming because Issa will be there and, you know, Derek and her, you know, they're technically her friends, Derek and, you know, Tiffany. Uh, Chad is confused and claims he thought they were peaceful since Lawrence didn't, quote unquote, fight for Issa. Um, and Chad basically argues that Lawrence, like, you just let life pass you by. If you want her, you need to go get her back. And you can tell that is something Lawrence is now thinking about. Didn't even, probably didn't even know that was an option. Similar to Molly's talk with Issa, Chad kind of implores Lawrence to be direct and go after what he wants and needs in his life. In this case, Issa. Um, also, I'm kind of, I'm dead at the fact that Chad, did, <laughs> he's an old, old girl. Like, he didn't remember Issa's name at all. Um but yeah, Lawrence, you got something to think about um, now that you realize that although Issa broke up with you, there's an option now to be with her again. And I just feel like he saw that Issa was 
you know, called him randomly, like obviously that had to have meant something. So I feel like that's probably in the back of his mind um, when Issa called him during that girls' night hangout or whatever. Um, but I just feel like he's thinking about that. And now Chad is in his face saying like, you just let her go. You didn't fight. You didn't say nothing. You didn't state your opinions. You just let it happen. It's a great conversation, but I hate that it's all happening in the second to last episode. But here we are. And I just feel like with a lot of black sitcoms, a lot of, yeah, a lot of black sitcoms, a lot of black shows, more so like comedy sitcoms, like Girlfriends and Parkers or whatnot. Like, I guess historically speaking, I feel like with the finale, stuff like this always happens near the penultimate episode or three episodes before the finale, like all of a sudden, like a impetus is put on one of the main characters to get with one of the other main characters, even though we've drawn this long plot line where they're not even seriously taking action towards the other person. But now closer to the finale, all of a sudden they wake up and realize the most obvious example of that was the Parkers when, I don't think it was like a friend-to-friend conversation. It might have been, from what I remember. I don't know if Woody said it, if y'all remember who Woody is. Um, the custodian at uh, St. Monica's. But all that to say is all of a sudden Professor Ogilvy woke up and realized, not woke up literally, but figuratively woke up and realized, especially now that Nikki was with another guy, that, oh, Nikki is the one in his life or for him. And then all of a sudden made actions. And of course, you have the quintessential. I didn't even. When I get excited, I, 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 um, in a different world, like the wedding, like niggas interrupted the wedding because Whitley was getting married to somebody else. So it's like, it's always this. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. At this point, we, we got to take what we can get, but I just hate that it's confined in this type of way. And I feel like, I don't know, I would like to, I, I would have loved to see this conversation happen earlier in this season. But moving on, like we always do, on to Derek and Tiffany's party. We're in a party location. It's Tiffany's parents' big-ass house. I love it. I love classic big-ass houses with big-ass yards and nice-ass yards. Like, love the house. Um, Issa and Nathan meet up with Tiffany, Derek, and um, Natasha, and they all start shooting the shit. Oh, I said Natasha. I meant um, Kelly. <laughs> I don't know why I said uh, Natasha Waffle's name, but Kelly. Um Issa, I feel like, conveniently slipped up and shared that her and Nathan plan to move together. Molly and Torian arrive, uh, looking just fine. They're all glowing. Molly introduces Torian to the rest of the group. And Nathan returns uh, from briefly leaving because, you know, when Issa and Nathan showed up to meet everyone, Nathan had to leave for a quick call. But he tells Issa that Eric, uh, one of the barbers at the barbershop, lost barbers at the barbershop yeah one of the barbers lost his keys and needs to get in the shop so he'll be meeting nathan at the party to pick up the keys we found out torian you know he looking nervous he got a little box he 
it's like, what's wrong with you? He kind of goes away, tells Molly, oh, I got some edibles, and I'm kind of nervous about taking them with kids and babies around. <laughs> um, Molly was like, how about we take them together? She kind of reframes the situation. How about we take them together, you know, to celebrate this partner promotion? And they both take them. I feel like I feel like Issa did that slip up on purpose. I don't know why, but y'all know how Issa be. She low-key be knowing what she be doing, but then kind of tries to glaze it off as like, oh, awkward or not even awkward, but like, oh, <laughs> But girl, you know what you were doing. You, I think saying it out loud made it more real and also probably proved to Nathan that she meant she's serious about it. But you have some unsettled business in your head and your body. So I'm like, I saw right through that, but I really feel like she's just trying to prove that she's doubling down on the relationship to herself and trying to prove to herself that she's over Lawrence as well as others. So I'm on to you. I, I know that game, girl. Um, Molly and Torian walk in with that, like I said, with that new couple glow. They both look happy, particularly Molly. Like, she is glowing. She walked in smiling. Like, I love it. Um, and side note, is Torian, a, this is corny, but is Torian a Taurus? He kind of seems like a little rigid. Not in a bad way, but kind of just like, I, I don't know if that's the character or the actual actor. He just comes off as kind of rigid, but it's cute. I feel like Molly needs a little rigid sometimes. Um, and it's kind of cuter to see Molly convincing him to like, let's just both take the edibles. Um, which I found funny talking about, I can't be high in a children's party. You in the middle of LA in 20, what I guess in this case 2021 they did have that time skipping earlier in the season so who the hell knows anyway it's in the 21st century definitely after we was legalized in california so um it's like boy it's it's a kid's party you'll be all right you're not taking crack you'll be good um that um what's it kelly's cousin was smoking at simone's first birthday party you know what i mean so it's just like girl okay um so I'm glad Molly kind of pushed him to let loose. But now we see Lawrence and Conwell arrive. And Lawrence and Conwell arrive with Ja. And we see Lawrence kind of, you know, wistfully staring, you know, his little fuck nigga wistful stare at Issa. Like, boy, you know, you want her. So I don't know. He, he be doing that puppy eye fuck nigga thing like, I feel like that's how he gets women to be with him. Like, I don't know. I'm chatting, but y'all know what I mean. Like, Lawrence, if you don't just go up and talk with her and just stop staring at her. But anyway, Kondika sees this and asks him to hold job while she goes to the bathroom. Um, Issa peeps Lawrence and also gives him that wistful look. And Nathan also peeps Lawrence shortly after. And then begins asking Issa some questions about him. Like, oh, he came up here for this. Oh, he's staying. He came. Oh, he's in L.A. Oh, he moved to L.A. for his for uh, the baby and his girl. Right. So questions of that nature. Um, basically trying to get to the bottom of why the fuck is this nigga here? So Lawrence and Issa, both of y'all, it's just 
I feel like mess have has begun um, because no one has been talking to each other and been transparent. So there's just this open block between them, or I don't know what you want to call it, but it's just this tension between them because they haven't addressed nothing. Issa called him, but didn't call him back. And um, Lawrence called her, you know, she didn't reply. So it's this weird tension. No, both of them don't know how they feel about each other. Um, like Lawrence, you want Issa, Issa, you not over Lawrence. So it's confusing to gauge though how much she's not over him. Is it cause you're just jealous or not jealous, but like you, she has this whole new life and she doesn't know how to feel about it. and. If she's confused about those feelings, why is she confused? Like, Issa hasn't been verbal, not only with Lawrence, not only with her friend, well, kind of with her friends, but not too much. But not only has she not been verbal with Lawrence, Nathan, but she hasn't really been too verbal with the audience. We're confused. We're confused, just like everybody else, I feel like, except Issa. <laughs> um, I feel like Issa's confused <laughs> about what she wants. So, but you i feel like nathan is finally starting to pick up because pick up on isa's energy because the answers that isa gave him was just very like you know what's up you know he did move here for the baby but i feel like in her heart of hearts maybe she thinks he came here a little to be closer with isa um and then also came here for a chance to see isa so I feel like there's some doubt in her mind on his intentions of coming. It's not just for Derek and Tiffany. You didn't move to LA just for the baby and uh, Condola. Like, I feel like there's uh, some other reasoning here, at least for me. And I feel like that reasoning is also lingering in Issa's mind as well. But, um, you know... Issa sees Condominium and Lawrence, and naturally Nathan is the last nigga to know what's going on. Literally, Condola sees Lawrence looking at Issa. Issa literally sees Lawrence and Condola, and then Nathan just don't see nothing until, like, literally a solid five seconds later after that whole shit, like, after they all glance at each other. Um, and then that's when he starts asking his questions. But this is kind of what I mean about, like, I feel like Nathan is really the rebound, um, and Issa takes advantage of that fact and he's well-meaning and slow on the draw which makes him the perfect rebound actually um but yeah we with the we see him ask if, like just a couple but very pointed questions like I said um she and Issa even tried to be slick with the responses to her questions by kind of throwing them off asking for another drink but you could tell Nathan's just not satisfied by her responses. And like I said, is probably finally picking up on what's going on. There's something fishy. There's something fishy at least. That's at least what he knows. Um, but I think it's a combination between her responses as well as Lawrence's presence, as well as probably Issa's reaction or energy to seeing Lawrence being here. Something's not adding up. And Nathan is finally on the path to kind of figuring out what's going on. But we hear this little ding, 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 like literally this soft ass sound. <laughs> um, but Tiffany, uh, well, my bad. 
it is about Tiffany's toast, but right before that, Amal um, is talking to Tiffany about the turnout of the party. And I was actually kind of, I'm like, oh, he's giving compliments, to, in, you know, just unwarranted compliments. And wow, that's nice of him. But of course he was like, and you didn't invite the usual gay suspects for me. Um, and she points him to this, I think he find this nigga named Rolando. And Amal quickly goes towards him. And we see Tiffany, like I said, doing that that little tiny ass sounding alarm for a speech. Um, and meanwhile, we see that edible starting to hit Molly. She thought that tinging, ding, 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 ding was in her head. Torian high asking for the macaroni cheese balls. And I've had had them cheese balls as fried. And when you serve them as like, or d'oeuvres or like favors or whatever you want to call it at a party like they hit especially if you want an edible they hit um but we see in mere minutes Amal already got the nigga Rolando getting drinks for him which I love like I love it I love it I love it. I hate saying love to see it but I love to see that um Tiffany and Derek you know during the toast Tiffany going down a list of just random Colorado facts and you could tell she's not liking this move at all she's Loki seems to be having a little a little anxiety <laughs> about it um she's she, she's really trying to muster up how she feels for her nigga and it's just too obvious but you know they're going down expressing their appreciation love for their friends as they're talking we see Dro come out of nowhere Dro was he season four? Definitely in season three. Dro. Um, and Molly immediately reacts. It's like, what the fuck, Dro? Like, out loud. <laughs> I've had those moments where I'm off and I'm just yelling. <laughs> Even when I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I just be yelling. I don't know how to modulate. Um, but, yeah, they toast everybody, you know, Convene with T Tiffany convenes with Issa, Molly, and Kelly, takes them aside and asks the men to leave. And, you know, I think she just wants a moment with her girls, especially after this weird, awkward, emotional speech she had about friends and moving to Colorado. Um, with this, I just love them all. Like, he's one of my favorite characters. He's shady, but it really works for him. Um, and I don't know he could pick up niggas that quick, but heard you. The toast was a hot mess. Like I say, you can tell Tiffany is going through an internal crisis about moving. She's repeating the same shit, awkward pauses, spitting literally verbatim facts about Denver. She got a MILF necklace on too. I don't know if y'all peeped that, but I paused it. And look, I'm like, she has a MILF necklace on. Like, girl, you're going through it. And it's just so obvious she don't want to go. And I think that's the problem. That's the problem I have with Derek. He's okay, but he can be a little, like, he's not really empathetic to me, and he can be very emotionally dense. Um, like, your wife and mother, your child, is, like, really deeply perturbed. Like, you could see she's cracking a little bit. Um, to me, I feel like I would be able to sit some type of energy if my partner felt this way or was affected in this move or whatever if I was in Derek's position. Um, but I would say at a certain point, you have to ask, like, is the money increase that worth it? 
especially y'all seem to be doing pretty fine in LA of all places. But I feel like that's, I also feel like Tiffany didn't make it. Who knows? We didn't see it, but I feel like knowing Tiffany, she has a very interesting codependent relationship with Derek. And I feel like she just didn't verbalize what she felt, how she feels and what she thinks of this move. So I do feel like, and I feel like Derek overall is just a very like nonchalant, oblivious, like whatever person. So I feel like he's just going through life. If things aren't in front of him or not even in front of him, in front of his face, but if she's not communicating she can't be too upset, but at the same time, it's like, Derek, like, she's going through it. Like, you you should be able to tell that after all the years of knowing Tiffany. Um, But, yeah, we see Dro makes a choice appearance, much to Molly's surprise, uh, with her high ass yelling in the crowd. Um, But, yeah, we'll see what comes from that. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And now we on to toxic niggardry at its finest. Um, Chad, Lawrence, Torian, Amal, his boo, Rolando, Nathan, Dro, Derek, and one random nigga all convene together. Uh, they all start talking about food, barbecue, um, and it just leads to this weird heated debate, literally only between Nathan and Lawrence, um, about just like what barbecue is better. And Lawrence, being the passive-aggressive nigga that he is, um, their barbecue debate turns into a tense one, where meat seems to be a weird referencing about themselves, and by extension, Issa. Um, Amal tries to break the tension. You know, Rolando said I look good with the season cut. Nathan, you available? But Nathan conveniently and pointedly drops that, He'd be busy because him and Issa are looking for apartments. And that kind of ended the whole shit. Um, all the while, Torian's high ass trying to order barbecue from Postmates. Uh, that was pretty funny as comic relief. But y'all know, anytime men gather around together, I just get nervous. Uh, probably because most tend to be against the you know limp wrist, but... That's not the point in this case. I just get default nervousness whenever mostly straight men are around. Um, the second reason why I got nervous is just because of the, just the pure, like I said, the pure toxic niggardry of it all. And we see that between Lawrence and Nathan. We see the nigga moment is building and building and building. The nigga moment that we see later on, but it's building. Um, their beef kind of gets ignited from the talk about barbecue, like I say, which leads to like some sharp ass words between the two. Talking about Houston and LA being better in terms of barbecue, but we already know they talking about themselves and probably they dick too, knowing niggas. Um, and I'm I'm glad we got some comic relief from like Chad and Torian. Uh, Chad's still talking about that damn eel suitcase he got them, and also <laughs> they didn't shout him out, so he's feeling the way. And then Torian trying to order Postmates from Barbecue, talking about Postmates. It it changed the game. 
game changer, y'all. Game changer. Like, um, I feel like if we didn't have that, they definitely would have got to wrecking or got to something. Um, I'm 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 guaranteed the barbecue beef <laughs> would have got bigger. Y'all got that? Um, it definitely would have gotten bigger without that kind of defraying of energy. But you could you see the hurt in Lawrence's face when he finds that Nathan and Issa are looking for apartments because it's just like, damn, that's your girl. Honestly, for all intents and purposes, y'all were probably going to get married. Y'all were living together. You live with someone for five entire years. That's major. You know everything about them at that point. Like, you know everything about them for the most part. Like, how they act, how they eat, how they talk, how they walk when they're upset, when they're happy, like, you know, their energy. So seeing that Issa's about to move in with Nathan and also Issa, you know, is upgrading on her own and stuff like that, like, they looking for apartments. It's like, nigga, you that's make your move. So, so that was them. And then we kind of get the opposite of that. We see the women together, you know, having fun, being communal, whatnot. Um, we see them, uh, the group, uh, meaning Issa, Kelly, Molly, and Tiffany all, you know, chatting it up in the kitchen. We see Kelly slowly returning, drinking again. She's accepting a little glass of champagne, which is cool to see. I guess that's her progression. I'm pretty upset. Um, progression, I'm upset about this is this is the progression that we get with Kelly. Um but they all end up talking about, you know, visiting each other and they all agree to be there for each other for um, be there for each other's birthdays. Molly tripping out and after a bitch slap from Kelly reveals that she's high off the edibles and that her and Torian took together. The group all laughing about it, it was a funny moment, all laughing about it until Congolese walks in with Ja getting a bottle what kelly say babies do be needing bottles or kelly did say that um but molly kelly and tiffany walk away to let isa and condola have their moment condolisa and isa have a brief and uh, of course naturally awkward conversation until condola leaves with jaw so from this thing we see kelly is returning back to drinking and it seems like Maybe she's starting to finally feel some type of enlightenment because it's been some time since, you know, she found out she quote unquote died and now has trying to just nip shit, nip what needs nipping in her life, nipping in the bud and kind of going on this whole journey. But this whole scene, I just really love every time the group is together, you know, it'd be giving girlfriends. Um, I just love the friendship between all my girlfriend, my God, I had to, but I love the friendship. It was literally when, as soon as I said girlfriends, the song was in my head and I was like, okay, my, but I, you know, I love y'all. I'm awkward. I'm awkward as shit. I'm awkward as shit. Just so you know, if you want to continue listening to this show. So get ready for that little uncomfortability. If it makes you uncomfortable, hopefully it doesn't, but, um, but I just love all the friendship between all four of them. Like, I really, who do y'all think? I feel like Issa is definitely half of Joan, the awkward side of Joan. I'm talking about girlfriends now. Molly is definitely more, her professional side is Tony. 
I feel like her experiences with niggas is similar to Tony. And I feel like how she's been acting from season one to most of season four is definitely Tony. Kelly is a mix of Maya in terms of just like she'd be speaking her mind and a mix of Lynn in terms of just being out there, just eccentric. Um, Tiffany, little Tony influence maybe. Um, I don't know. They had to have one light skin in the group. Sorry to all the light skins listening to this. But um, but yeah, anyway, I love the birthship, birthship, birthday pack they all made. Um, because life really like I'm at I'm 25 and life really do be hard and it gets even harder to remain intact with your friends and especially if y'all met in a space where y'all were all together all the time all day every day so you really didn't take that for I mean you did take it for granted you might have taken it for granted but it's hard it's it's really hard being with friends and keeping in contact with them and checking in with them and keeping engaged it's it's hard so unless there's an active effort like they're doing to remain friends and keep that friendship intact and growing it's very very easy for friendships to fall by the wayside not because anyone is beefing or anything like that but life is just life especially if you get a family of your own you're prioritizing that family and then you need time for yourself and it it's a lot it's a lot but Molly getting high is cute. I, like I said, I really don't think Yvonne or G, the uh, actress that plays Molly, I'm confident she's never been high off of an edible because, or has been high in her life. I just feel like each time she has these little high moments, she's really overselling it. <laughs> but it was still a cute, funny scene nonetheless. Um, the timing of condola was pretty perfect soon as every like literally the peak of everybody's laughter she comes in um and the way the space is set up literally makes it impossible for isa to just avoid condola um so she had to like confront her and that was pretty funny to watch to me i feel like condola was and is pretty mature in terms of how she treats Issa and just, yeah, their relationship, like, and how it ended up. I feel like she's pretty mature about everything and actually is giving off good energy, which is pretty cool to see. Um, but even despite of, Issa will make everything awkward. So in the situation between them is already awkward in the first place. Like, I'll give her that, but Issa's going to make it awkward. Um, ends up talking about a nigga's eyebrows, like, you know, so, um, but at least it wasn't antagonistic like Lawrence and Nathan. It wasn't anything messy. It was just, you know, awkward is, awkward, honestly, is the best situation um, compared to just having weird tension, you know, but Molly... I believe she's she leaves the kitchen or whatever the space and approaches Dro about the divorce and like what's been going on. Um, especially after, you know, she gets a call from Dro uh, during the girls' night out. Dro says that he wanted to be the one to tell Molly due to their history. 
Molly asked Dro if you know he wants to talk about the divorce and he declines claiming that shit just happens true and he's just moving on she molly tells him how happy she is for him and his new relationship and you know you're the girl you wish she seemed cool and you know he expresses the same sentiments and all of a sudden to Dro's surprise torian is right next to them uh, Molly introduces Dro to Torian, explains, you know, their past relationship, literally the ins and outs of it. Like, he was an open relationship. We began fucking and kind of feelings came between, like, in detail. Dro literally gets uncomfortable and literally just leaves both of them. Um, I kind of don't blame him. Torian seems to completely understand the situation and claims that, you know, everyone has a past and he even shares the fact that he used to sell Addies to half of his senior class, which was pretty like, whoa, what? Um, I, I mean, at least, whoa, what? Coming from Torian. But with this scene, Molly really seems confident and assured. Like, she goes directly to Dro, gets a rundown, you know. Um, I don't know if it's because of the edibles or she's just in a very mature, secure place in her life, but it's pretty cool to see her taking action in that way. And I really like seeing the type of closure that they have between each other. And I can tell just with this scene and a lot of other scenes, I can tell the series kind of has been showing us the importance of like closure and addressing things between, you know, people. So clearing the air really sets the tone of any relationship and gives room for a healthy foundation in any dynamic whether it be family, friends, past, current lovers. Now, if I was Molly, I don't know if I would be that descriptive in front of Dro and Torian, but I definitely feel that Torian, I would def, I definitely can tell that Torian about, I can tell he really didn't care. Um, not didn't care, but he was just calm about everything. Um, I don't see, I would have told Torian about Dro after the party. I don't see a reason to include everyone in the conversation. But then again, I mean, maybe it's the edibles. But it's pretty cool to see that Torian really was like, okay, I, I get it. I get you. Like he, I think he's secure in his relationship with Molly um, in terms of like, you know, this is a nigga that she, she, she laid out the truth before me so why am i why would i ever be you know insecure about that um but at the same time it's understandable why dro left um because it's like how do you respond to that regardless you can tell that molly clearly cares for torian um because she was completely upfront and clear about everything in the relationship um and the relationship between Tori and Mari, Mari, Torian and Molly just seems very transparent, unlike some others. <laughs> uh, Nathan. Um, so I really like that. Like when you have a foundation built on transparency and truth, there's really nothing like you really don't get insecure about a lot because everything is laid out on the table. You trust that person, and that's what it should all be about. Um. Also, Torian, you sold Addies. Uh, I really want to hear that story. But I, I really like this scene. Like, I think closure is very important. It's Like I said, this show is teaching me a lot just about me in my little 20s and as an adult and how I should move with relationships and 
between like friends, family, lovers, all of that, partners, all of that. So I just really love that, uh, that we got to see just some pure, honest closure in this instance. Now we see Issa meeting up with Nathan and Good Spirits out here talking about macaroons and cookies and Nathan just looking all just despondent like he not even trying to look at her face and uh, compared to how he was like earlier in the party before he saw Lawrence like he was all happy excited about the food all of that but now he's just looking over it um and kind of swiftly leaves her to meet up with Eric outside of the house. Um, Cause remember he had to pick up the keys from Nathan. Um, and Issa obviously understands that something is wrong. I think between how Issa responded and the interaction with Lawrence and I mean, Nathan's just not feeling the party and definitely Issa. And I kind of don't blame him because there's like I keep I'm gonna keep saying because it's too obvious. There's obviously some unaddressed energy between Issa and Lawrence, unlike the energy between Drew and Molly, where everything is cool. Like they can actually they have the grounds now to be friends if they wanted to do that or have double dates way down the line or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But it's cool. Everything is cool. Everybody's on the same page for the most part. But, um, it, like, and also you can tell Molly has no current feelings. She is not stuck on Dro. She was surprised Dro was here, as we all were, but she has no feelings. You can tell she is on Torian, as opposed to Issa, where it just feels like she's back and forth trying to play up this whole show in front of Nathan, like she, nothing is going on, but shit is going on. And all of in front of her. Like, yeah, all in front of Nathan, her current nigga. So it's it's like, girl, come on. Um, Nathan has finally caught your game. Like, finally caught your game. Um, and then we kind of see this juxtaposed to how Condola and Lawrence, you know, I mean, well, how Condola, when she goes back to Lawrence, Condola tells Lawrence that she talked to Issa um, you know, Lawrence is like, how 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 did it go? Because, you know, she says it was brief, but she was glad that she had that conversation because she does not like having awkward energy between, you know, others. Um, you know, Elijah getting a little fussy, so Condola decides to leave with him, but tells Lawrence, you know, you should stay with your friends. You're probably not going to see them a long time, and, you know. And Lawrence said, cool, let me help you, but then, you know, is still looking, not is still, because I don't think he has emotions for Condola or anything like that, but he's still, like, overall still looking wistfully at <laughs> Issa. Um, so this these two scenes next to each other were very interesting because Issa doesn't tell Nathan shit, yet she had a huge talk, not a huge talk, but she had a talk with Condola, and that was pretty major. She This is the first time she's talked with Condola definitely since before that baby so the fact that condola went to lawrence and just said oh yeah we me and Issa had a talk and honestly there was really nothing between you know it wasn't anything to not say but i think Issa doesn't even want to mention anything related to lawrence in front of nathan so that tells you right there she being shady 
Um, but it's funny that you could tell by the high pitch and like Lawrence's voice, like, oh, what y'all talk about? Um, when asking Condola, you know, about her talk with Issa, that he's nervous about the outcome of the talk. Um, and probably feels like their energy was probably the same energy that he had with, or at least the interaction was probably the same level intensity that he had with Nathan until he realizes it was actually a civil ass conversation. Um, I also feel like Condola left so Lawrence can have that one-on-one -on -one time with Issa. Maybe she feels like he can't because she and his whole ass son is there, which is fair. Or maybe she just left because Job was actually getting, Job's starting to grow on me, I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, was actually getting fussy. Regardless, I do think Lawrence realizes he's going to need that one-on-one -on -one very soon. And by very soon, I mean before this party ends because it's getting to, people are starting to leave. It, the, the, the space between them is getting closer and closer. Like it's becoming obvious that you're going to have to talk to Issa. Um, but now we're outside. Eric uh, is picking up the keys. Nathan meets Eric to drop off the keys. Nathan still looks over and tells Eric, you know, Lawrence is on some slick shit, talking about barbecue and shit. Um, Eric tells Nathan that, you know, you can't let niggas talk to him and he ready to pull up on niggas, blah, 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 all that macho. Eric, you're not about to do shit. Um, but like the, once again, niggas, 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 it be the barbershop niggas too. Um, particularly ones between their twenties and forties that be a, literally not just a mess, but an active mess. It no shade, but it's true. And not even, not even shade. It is what it is. It's true. Y'all barbershop niggas are toxic. At least most of y'all. Cause I try not to generalize. Um, y'all young barbershop niggas are toxic. Um, but and it's like, Eric, you're not about to do anything. You're not about to give nobody a fade unless it deals with Clippers. So it's like, Eric, okay. Um, and Nathan, you need to man up and be secure about yourself and your relationship with Issa. But I will say there is some such shit going on, going, going on to your credit. Like, Issa, you're being sus. Um, I think that would get into any nigga's head, to be honest. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, their foundation is weak. So when your foundation is weak, you're going to get paranoid about stuff like that. Just how Issa got paranoid about when, um, Nathan said he was leaving LA and she immediately thought it was because of her. If your relationship is strong, both of y'all have nothing to worry about. Um, the best, the best thing to do is just tell Issa, look, you got any type of feelings for that nigga? Cause if so, we need to talk about it. Like plain and simple. Um, that's what I would have done after the party. But I feel like Nathan, I feel like Nathan, Nathan, I feel like he probably would have done that after the party. I feel like he's pretty open more so than Issa, um, in general. So I feel like he would have done that. Honestly, not I'm thinking, rethinking. But now at this point, it's the nighttime. Tori and Molly still high as shit looking for them cheese balls. Um, they end up going to the actual kitchen for the cheese balls and just go in on all of the food. They see one of the servers come in and quickly run to the pantry. And it turns into this whole talk. 
Molly tells Torian that, you know, like, I'm having a fun time with you, but I'm scared of that. I'm scared of the fact that being with you feels very natural. And it's scary because when I get too close to people, you know, usually niggas, um, they always end up messing things up or niggas just end up getting tired of her. And it's interesting, her choice of words is tired of her, because I feel like that's not exactly the case. But in her mind, it's probably like they find her boring for whatever reason. She's not good enough. So they leave her. Um, she tells Torian that if he gets tired, that it's going to hurt Molly. It's going to hurt her a lot. Um, and Torian tells her that he used to hate her. And now he likes her a lot and reassures her that he's not going to get tired of Molly ever. And they start kissing and naturally they end up fucking I'm not gonna lie. I had the macro. I'm. It's. I don't know if y'all heard my stomach growl. I'm thinking about the macaroni and cheese balls right now, and they do be good as fuck. Um. And like I said, and you high? Yeah. Um. So I understand that whole munchy ass search completely. That I don't know if y'all noticed, but that little Princess uh, Penny cameo was really cute. Um. For me, my need for keeping everything clean and tidy kind of made this eating scene really uncomfortable for me. Like it really made me where I was like, I couldn't look at it too much. Cause I was just like, I'm imagining just being a guest and being served shit that has had people's breath and hands all over it and shit like that. But you know, they're not going to know. Um, but I'm, I'm happy they found the little Holy grail. They found the cheese balls. And once again, I'm going to keep saying Tori and Molly's relationship not only seems transparent and natural, but it seems fun. Like, and I feel like this is a signs of like a healthy and happy relationship. And then to, in the pantry scene, to have Torian reassure her, uh, within a few, within a few episodes, I'm rooting for them. Like I didn't expect that. That's kind of also what I like for the, about the relationship. I did not expect myself to be going into season five, rooting for Molly and Torian. Unlike nonchalant, nonchalant Nathan and indecisive ass Issa. Y'all like that alliteration? Um, like, I, 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 it really dragged this season. It really dragged this season for me. Um, but I'm glad this one is giving me life, this relationship. I will say that fucking kind of made me cringe. Not in your friend's parents' pantry. But I, I guess passion, I just couldn't. And, um, like, I'm usually all for the sex scenes on here, as some of my friends know. But with that, I'm like, eh. But it was passion, I guess. But not when it's come all over the Cheez-Its in the pantry. Um, but, whoo, whoo, whoo. Issa runs into Lawrence after taking out some trash. Lawrence confronts Issa straight up. Why did you call me last month? Issa, you know, Issa at this point, we can call her a liar. She be lying. She claims it was a mistake and she shouldn't have called him. I get, uh, would you want to call that a lie? I don't know, but I think it's based in falsehoods. Or at least she's not being true to herself. So it's coming out as a falsehood because she's not being true to herself. But Lawrence finally expresses the fact that he has feelings for Issa and asks if she's happy and claims that, you know, he's not happy without her because he loves her. 
And then we see Nathan comes out of nowhere and we assume that he's been listening the whole damn time. He comes in between the conversation like, what's going on here? Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence really was talking big in this episode. Well, not even in this episode, in this scene. Talking about we good, we good, <laughs> we talking. And that's her nigga. And you saying we good, we talking, she all right. Lawrence and Nathan start to get into it and start trying to fight each other. And Issa, Molly, and Torian trying to, between all three of them, trying to intervene, trying to stop the fight. After the little, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it altercation, Nathan and Lawrence walks away. And we're, we see the, the guests are just staring at Issa. Like, what the hell happened? They kind of judgmental looking, some of them too. And Molly, you know, asking Issa, like, girl, you okay? And Issa is just looking like, girl, I, like, she didn't even have to say anything, but it was just like, girl, <sighs> like, literally. But wow, wow, wow. Things are just moving very fast. I feel like all this should have been talked over before this party. But here we are now in the present with that messy shit. Lawrence, for you to say you finally love her this late, I don't know how to feel about that. If you knew, for him to say you love her and you can't be without her, all of a sudden from not realizing that you could have said these things in the first place, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Because um, it's like, why didn't you say it before? Like there's a, a good amount of chunk of time has passed. But I, I don't know. And, you know, I don't know. Um, I feel like I, I feel like Chad made Lawrence realize his feelings and probably a combination between Tiffany and Molly um, in terms of Issa. But I feel like that made Issa realize she might still have feelings as well. And I'm talking about Tiffany and Molly's talk to Issa. Uh, so this was just all sloppy. Uh, but shit, at least Lawrence finally said something. Now, I mean, I'm 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 neither Team Lawrence. I'm not Team. I'm not Team. I'm <laughs> I'm neither Team Lawrence or Team Nathan. At this point, I'm just going along with whatever Issa wants. And it seems, especially at the very last second of this episode, that thinking about what just happened and contemplating what she just heard and experienced. I uh, I feel like Issa's I feel like Issa Lawrence is in her heart. But we'll see what she chooses because of as of now she's provided no definite answer and no definite choice, of course, because it's not the last series finale. It's not the finale yet, not even the season finale yet. So of course we're not gonna know what she's gonna choose yet. Um I just feel like the last few minutes of this episode just hit me in a very entirely different way. I really enjoyed the buildup. And then the release of that buildup with this little articulation. But that release of that buildup, I just liked it. I kind of like messy shit sometimes, um, especially within Insecure, because like I feel like a lot of these characters are like more on the spectrum of like we're kind of in our 30s and also kind of tad bit a little bit of respectability but i'm not even gonna get into that because that's not the purpose of this show um but i feel like they're definitely the type of blacks where it's like fighting is just not a thing you know what i mean and we look down on that and we have a certain image to you know what i mean so 
I um it was interesting that it got to that uh level. Similarly, now that I think about it, last season when Molly and Issa were about to fight, but that shit was like more tense because I feel like both of them were actually about to fight. Um but yeah, we a moment of silence just for five seconds. That episode, I really loved it. I really, you know what? No, we're saving this for the, we're saving this for the next segment. Who am I? We're saving this for the next segment. Um, but yeah, that was episode nine. I'm confident y'all enjoyed it as much as I did, probably more. Um, but yeah, that, that was episode nine, y'all. So now to y'all's favorite segment. Yeah. Like I said, too broke for sound effects right now, but, um, y'all get the gist. Um, I really, really enjoyed this episode, but of course the more the the later episodes in any season are usually the juicier ones. Um, ew, that was a weird word to use. Man, it was kind of juicy. It's like you crunch into it and it's live. But anyway, um, I really enjoyed this episode. I love seeing all the characters come together on some Super Smash Brawls type, type coming together. Um, especially in one area. Um, I, I'm just thinking about everything about this episode. I think we're at the point where East is going to have to be honest with herself now in her romantic life. I feel like she seems like it kind of fast-tracked in between episode eight and nine because we went from her having to make a decision to now she's already made the decision looking for a, a, a new spot and we find out she chose both Crenshaw and MBW so it seems like she's honest to herself now in her professional realm now it's time for you to be honest with yourself in your little romantic realm and I feel like that whole relationship has been a farce from day one um so now she got to choose what like we see Lawrence is now infiltrating her psyche and now he's here in person and is telling you that he loves you. This isn't a dream. This isn't a little fantasy sequence like he loves you. And we see that that talk with Condola, the past interaction that we saw, at least within the show, was technically the fantasy sequence. And I feel like even though it didn't happen, you can't ignore the fact that in Issa's head she thought Condola was just like on some snarky shit but Condola's just like oh yeah cool like literally Lawrence wasn't even mentioned because at this point yes Lawrence is Condola's baby father but they don't they have love for each other in that sense but I feel like any relationship between them is pretty much done like they were just having fun pretty much um so I think now that Issa had a chance to talk with Condola and see, oh, this girl's cool. Now I feel like your anxieties now are kind of, they literally have to be gone because now reality has squashed that. Like we see Condola is cool with you and we see Lawrence is in love with you. And we see that you still have feelings for Lawrence now 
for those any anxiety about Lawrence to completely go away. Now it's time for you to take action, Issa, um, with how you want how you want Lawrence in your life now, you know, and how you want Nathan in your life. So now that the other answers in terms of like just Condola seemingly being you know snarky and. You know, like now that that's gone and you got your MBW Crenshaw shit figured out, now it's time for you to face reality, girl. Uh, with Molly, she is just happy as ever, shining, beaming. We see that I feel like her relationship just upgraded with Tori because she was vulnerable, letting her know, like, letting him know, like, I, I have so much fun with you. I love being around you. I'm just afraid you're going to get tired of me. And I said before, her choice of words of tired of her is interesting because I think she didn't view herself as worthy if the guy seemed like checked all her boxes. Now, when it comes to her, she probably seems like, okay, I can see how I'm less than and a guy doesn't want to be around me for too you know, long because then I mess it up or, you know the guy just doesn't want me anymore but she shouldn't be looking at it in that way sometimes things just don't work out it's not necessarily anyone is tired of you it's just things don't work out and that's fine but don't inflate it to where you're the problem you're the boring one you know what I mean and I like how Torin kind of swoops in is like gives her that solid reassurance like I'm not gonna get tired of you that's a big thing to say I will say that but um, I think he's able to say that because he knows Molly. I think it would be one thing if she met this nigga off the apps and they just started dating for a couple of months. Like, but he actually knows Molly. I, I can say that he knows Molly, the bad in Molly. He knows the her her growth, her change. So he knows her current situation with her family. He knows he knows Molly. So I think he can help her see the worth in herself like sometimes it's one thing for friends to be like in family like you know you know you the shit you got it all you know why are you even doubting yourself and but it's still easy for you to have that self-doubt but it's something when it's you know in that that love situation that romance situation when your partner is telling you like nah like you all of that you you encouraging you and supporting you it's different it hits a little different and i think molly is finally coming to terms with like okay i can breathe a little in this relationship so i really like seeing that i think lawrence is i'm glad he finally said he loved her but i think it was kind of i guess it's not too late but it was just later than he needed to i feel like and on Nathan's side, I feel like he's finally seeing where Issa's heart is at. And Nathan is a very, he's, he's a little slow, a little dull. But one thing Nathan is, I think he's a very honest and loyal person. And something tells me that when, when Nathan does not sense loyalty, then it's a huge issue because now he gets insecure and he's already going through a lot of mental health issues. You got, you got the thing going on with Thomas and then his bipolar uh nathan's bipolar and you know his one of his co-workers is acting funky so he seems to have a history of people letting him down even though he thought they were in his corner 
So honestly, to keep it real, I don't think Nathan needs that in his life. He doesn't need any. He doesn't need to be questioning. He doesn't need someone that would make him question himself and the relationship that they have. So we're seeing a lot of this built up and culminating, culmination of the situation and people's feelings and how we are where we're at right now. Um, Tiffany and Derek in their journey. Uh, Derek, you need to talk with your wife because she's going through it. Bottom line, I have nothing else to say after that. Kelly, her character development is very disappointing. Uh, we have one more episode left. We really didn't get into her own podcast. Um, Kelly's Pregunta. So it's it, it's kind of disappointing with that. But overall, plot-wise, it was entertaining throughout. Love the scenery within the party. I love a good like home party. Um, already talked about kind of the character development, kind of where we're at compared to like earlier in the season for the most part. Um, overall, I also I feel like we got to see each of the characters' idiosyncrasies or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like we saw. I feel like each character had their moment to shine in terms of a a scene or just how they feel about the situation they're in, whether whatever situation that is. I feel like we got to see each of the characters, even if it was like a minute or so, shine. And I really like that. I love seeing the spotlight being put back and forth between different characters and stuff. So honestly i would say i kind of hit that i would say this episode is a 9.4 it's definitely in the a range um but i think just the fact that we're at the second to last it's literally a lead up and i think i said that the last time the last episode like it's kind of a bridge episode like so I would give it a 9.4. I really enjoyed the episode. It's probably an episode that I will be going back to just for laughs and just for fun. And I think when you have an episode like that, I think that's one of the key shining qualities about an A, if you want to give it that grading in A episode, you go back to it because it's just that good. Um, But yeah, I would say a 9.4. I would say a 9.4. I'm very curious to see what other people think of the episode, but yeah, it was a very good episode to me. And um, shit, that's it. I need to get better at these little closing outs because I really don't know what to say to (laughs) y'all. But yeah, a little 9.4. It's giving a 9.4. And there we have it, folks. And that, in fact, was episode nine. Um, Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Of course, I always enjoy talking, even though it's talking to myself. But I always imagine talking to y'all, talking to whoever's listening. Um, But yeah, very, very, very excited for this final episode of this historical-ass series. Um, I just feel like Insecure has really elevated the quality, the level, the strata, the standards of Black TV. And this is something, this, this, everything is definitely, everything about this show, everything about her will go down in history, (laughs) like 
that's just that's not even a no-brainer so i'm just very excited to cover this next episode the final episode of this whole series and yeah it was a it was definitely a nice little final season insecure journey um but yeah looking forward to talking with y'all on the next episode bye oh that was ugly bye y'all <laughs>